Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. There's not many teams at the beginning of the year that can say that. We have a chance to, and, and it's got to be on us to make that happen. You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. This is our opportunity. Our time is, is now. Our window is now. Now. 14 now. to play in the third. Burns the shot from the left right point. Wide. Rebound. Dylan jumped in, couldn't get it. And scooting away is Schwartz. He's got two goals. He moves in, throws it out in front of the net on an unselfish play to get it to Tarasenko. It's knocked away from him. And now in front, Schwartz finishes up the hat trick. 5-0 St. Louis. We're still alive, and we've been in this spot before, going to Vegas. Down 3-2 in a uh, in a very, very difficult building. Um, St. Louis is, is similar. It's a tough building against a good good team and a structured team. And I mean, we scored one goal in the last two games. That's not gonna that's not gonna cut it. Their goaltender's playing well, but uh, we're not doing enough around their net and, and getting enough, uh, creating enough opportunities, second chances. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. I'm your host, Ted Ramey, and we have been here before. No, I am not talking about the Sharks staring at a 3-2 deficit. No, I'm not talking about the need for resiliency. I'm talking about us, the fans. We have been here before. We can get through this together. We know that with the right combination of junk food, beverages, and other stress in our lives, we can get through what's going to be brought to us in game number six, and ultimately, I think, what's going to be brought to us in game number seven. And I had this thought while I was sitting there watching game number five as the Sharks just kind of had their uh, their bad playoff game. There were some bad losses against Las Vegas, and this one kind of reminded me of uh, that Las Vegas stretch where they were just playing bad hockey and shooting themselves in the foot and doing themselves in. It was just like, why can't anything ever be easy? Why can't this just be simple? Why can't this just be over and done with? Because now we've got the stress of game six, and I'm pretty sure the Sharks are going to win that, which means we'll have the stress of game seven again. And don't get me wrong. I love the stress of a game seven. I love the stress of a game six. I love every second of Sharks playoff hockey that I'm going to get. But boy, you know, those fans over in Boston, they just got to watch a sweep. And now they're probably complaining about how they're bored about a lack of Bruins hockey right now. I could I could go for that at moments, at moments. And listen, this series has a lot of hockey left to be played, at least six periods, maybe more, including overtime. But I did have the thought like, oh, come on. Like, why does it have to be this way? But this is, again part of the fun of being a fan 
in professional sports. We just get beat up and we're in love with the process because the journey that we've been on with the San Jose Sharks over the course of the entire year, um, going back to getting Eric Carlson before the season starts, going back to the way things got slow to get started and Logan Couture speaking out and talking about the lack of chemistry and bringing us to this point where the team is on the brink of elimination in the Western Conference Final against the team that they sent home in 2016 as the Sharks punched their own ticket to the Stanley Cup Final. It's all very symmetrical. It all rhymes with itself. It really wouldn't and or couldn't be any other way. I mean, we all joked about it, talking about, oh, well, maybe this series against St. Louis will go seven games yet again. And guess what? That's what I think it's going to do. And I'm hopeful. And that's all you really can be at this time. If you're a fan, you just have hope and you have faith in what you've seen from the Sharks all year, that they have been able to bounce back, that they have shown this resiliency, that they have shown this knack for when the Sharks get their backs against a wall, that's when they play their best hockey. And we've seen it at numerous points in this postseason. And I'm hoping that that's what's going to emerge in game number six and eventually game number seven. Obviously, it's going to be a massive challenge to go into their barn, which is a dark, loud building. And it's going to be crazy. It's going to be rabid. It's going to be mad. And also, we don't know what the status is going to be for Carlson, Pavelski, Hurdle and Donskoy all dealing with their own different issues. You know, with Pavelski, we can talk about that hit as much as we want. Listen, that's out of my control. I have my own feelings about what should be done here. I don't want to get too heavy into the officiating stuff because I'm tired of talking about officiating in this series. I think that the NHL Department of Player Safety needs to take a good long look at what happened to Pavelski in this game. Also take a look at Tomas Hurdle and figure out what they're going to do to make sure they're sending a consistent message. Other than that, I don't really know what else I can ask for. There have been hits I have disagreed with throughout the playoffs. There have been suspensions I have agreed with during the playoffs. And I'm not just talking about the Sharks. I'm not just talking about this series. I'm talking about across the board. The one thing I would like to see is more consistency. Um, we heard the this same stuff from Curtis Brown and Devin Setaguchi in Sharks Playoff Live post-game coverage after Game 5. You just want consistency. You want to know when a certain type of hits happens, what is going to be the outcome, what is going to be the punishment. Right now, I have no clue. And that is what is so disturbing about the process, because you want that consistency. If you want to compare it to another sport, we always talk about the NFL when it comes to issues of domestic violence. We don't know what sort of a punishment they're going to dole out, and they've made themselves look very bad at times. From a PR standpoint, it's been a pure nightmare. The NHL wants to make sure they avoid that same fate. They need to make sure they are exceptionally consistent with how they dole out punishments to certain type of hits and what certain types of hits they are going to make sure are deserving of punishment every single time. So I'm not going to judge what I saw. I'm just going to say what I'd like to see going forward, and that is a little bit more consistency. As for the Sharks themselves, the first period was all right. After that, it was not. It was just a bad day for the San Jose Sharks, and it happens this time of year, especially when you lose guys to injury during the game. It got away from them. They made several mistakes that led to goals for the Blues, and the Sharks just simply did not have the ability to recover in this one. 
And not only that, they couldn't get the puck out of their own end. They simply had no consistency in the offensive zone. The puck was in their end all night. They turned it over in the neutral zone. They turned it over in their own end. It was just, it was, it was a everything that could go wrong, would go wrong performance for the San Jose Sharks. And you know what? Get it out of their system. Get all the bad play out. Get all the mistakes out. Get all the errors. Get all the mental errors out. Get all the physical issues out. Whatever, in a landslide, it all came down against the Sharks in game number five. And good. All they can do from this point on if they want to survive is play their best hockey. Obviously, injuries might play a factor, but you know what? Even if injuries are a factor, this team is deep. It's been deep all year long. They've had different guys step up, whether it's the first line, second line, third line, or fourth line. Guess what? They went toe-to-toe with Colorado in six games without Joe Pavelski before Pavs came back in Game 7, and they beat the Abs. Guess what? They were dealing with injuries heading into the first round against Las Vegas. Guess what? Everybody right now in the NHL is banged up, is broken, is brutalized by everything that happens to them during the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's what happens when you're one of the four final teams remaining. So for the San Jose Sharks, now they just know exactly what they're up against. They know there is no room for error. There is no margin for mistake. And if anything, the Sharks can look at this and say, we have been here before. We did this in the first series against Las Vegas, and it was even tougher because we weren't playing as good. We were down three games to one, and we had to overcome a crazy 3-0 deficit in game number seven against the Abs. It went back and forth and back and forth. And here in this series against the Blues, the Sharks find themselves down three games to two. They still have the opportunity to go back and take back home ice. If they go and win game six on the road, which they are fully capable of, guess what? They can bring this series back to San Jose for a best of one. A best of one. And in that, I like the Sharks' chances. And we know why. It's because they've been here before. It's what we keep on coming back to. They've been tested. They've been to a Stanley Cup final before. At least the core group of players here has been to a Stanley Cup final before. They know what it takes. They know what it's going to take. They've been in this situation already in this postseason. It's just a matter of getting through and surviving in game number six to force that game seven. The real question now, who's the star going to be, especially if you're dealing with injuries? But again, I keep on coming back to this point. The Sharks have found guys to step up all year long. And if they don't find those guys, then okay. You got beat. That happens in sports. But I do feel like this team still has the depth to put together a run over these next two games and do what it takes to get themselves into the Stanley Cup Final. Because that's what this team has done all year long and all throughout the playoffs. They've done what it takes. In spite of injuries, in spite of storylines, in spite of issues that have dogged them from the start to the finish. They said Martin Jones was a problem. Guess what? Martin Jones has been anything but the problem since about halfway through that Vegas series. They said that it wasn't going to gel here between Errol Carlson and everyone else. Well, it did. And when things were flying high for the Sharks and everyone was healthy, they were unstoppable. It doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter what the issue is. The storyline, the Sharks have adapted, adjusted, and excelled. And I expect nothing less from this team over the next two games. All right, and we now have joining us on Morning Tide, the one and only Dan Ruzanowski, of course, the radio play-by-play voice of the San Jose Sharks. And, well, Dan, here we are once again, and the Sharks are trailing 3-2, going on the road, facing elimination. We've been here before. 
I mean, where do we go from here? Well, I think, you know, we quickly put this one in the rearview mirror, right? You forget about it and you move on and you basically are relieved of the fact that this was an afternoon game in the one sense that there's that extra six, seven hours of recovery time after all of the bumps and bruises these guys got in the game, Ted. And mm -hmm. I think that's a concern, obviously, going to game six. St. Louis came out in this series in game one early and they almost got distracted, you may remember, mm -hmm. in that very first win. But those uh, contacts of the body take their toll over the course of time. And the Sharks have been through a tough series with Vegas already in that department. Maybe not quite as tough against Colorado, but there was still some physical contact and a lot of toll taken. And this is what happens in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, to me, that's what they're fighting through. And the big question is, uh, what's going to happen with Eric Carlson, Joe Pavelski, and Tomas Schrödel, all of whom left the ice yeah. and with injuries? So... That, to me, is a, is a big, big burning question in my mind. My guess is they all probably, at least two of those three, play for sure. Mm -hmm. You never know. The third one probably would, too. And I'm not even going to guess which one would be the no. But I just think that at this stage of the season, you got to go for it. Jamie Baker had the take after game number four saying that he felt he did not quite see that burst from Eric Carlson. Was that your impression out of what you saw from him tonight? Or was it just more of... You know, you just knew there was maybe uh, he something was nagging him. Well, it's, it's clear something was bothering him, and that goes back to game number four, and that was in St. Louis mm -hmm. when he missed about nine minutes in the third period. And in fact, so much was going on, I, did, I didn't notice that he missed a couple of shifts for a while. It happens sometimes. But he gets back on the ice and it was clear that he wasn't moving right. And we saw that in this game, too, in game yeah. five. It was, he... He gave it his best effort, and you know what I thought? I thought he was doing okay until he had to really extend himself to, say, get back to stop and to get an icing call or to beat a guy to the puck. Mm -hmm. and that he wasn't the same after that. So that tells me that uh, whatever is ailing him is continuing to do that, and that's not good news. But the Sharks have depth, and they have to use all of it, and Tim Heed's available if, if Eric can't play. In terms of Pavelski and Hurdle, was there any aspect of that that you thought maybe it was a precautionary move just because you're already chasing a game at that point and maybe you think uh, maybe there's no sense in you know burning these guys in a game that's already out of hand relatively speaking It'd be nice if i really thought that but i don't think so <laughs> I, I i think that they were bothered by stuff in fact uh, it, with hurdle it for me it's obvious it goes back to the headshot that he took from barbashev in the first period came back to play but you know what happens sometimes uh, those things that make you go through the concussion protocol happen in stages after the actual contact. It doesn't necessarily start up right away. And that's totally speculative on my part, but uh, the fact that, that that happened and that there was head contact tells me that the NHL should look at it. Whether they do or not, we'll see. And uh, that tells me that they wanted to, in a precautionary way, make sure that Tomas was ready for game six because yeah. of that. So that's that story. Pavelski got run into by, uh, by Petrangelo, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure what the injury was because he limped a little bit off the ice but he might have taken a headshot too so that one I've got a big question mark as to exactly what it is I think in Hurdle's case it was more directly related to what happened with Barbashev yeah. that's just my observation yeah and you know it's it sets the stage for the Sharks where all the odds are against them if they are dealing with injuries like we assume that they are. That's how we perceive this, obviously, and it's hockey, so we don't know the details. Like you said, we're speculating at this point. But this team, and not to get too Disney, but they play their best with their backs against the wall. I mean, there's, I was joking about it earlier. I said, 
if I was a betting man, there would be no way in the world that I would bet against the Sharks now, even though common sense might tell you this doesn't look great for Game 6, but sometimes common sense has to go out the window, particularly in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, you know, they've got Martin Jones playing pretty well in goal, and he had one little mistake today perhaps on that uh, when he t- turned the puck over to Jaden Schwartz on the one goal, but really the puck changed direction on him because that was a Tarasenko shot that came from the left-wing side that deflected off of something on the way, and he just had a reaction to it mm-hmm. to try to, to get a piece of it, and you know, some could say, well, maybe he should have known that Schwartz was there. Well, you know he's there, but he just couldn't quite control it. So that was really more unfortunate than negative for him. But other than that, he's been unbelievable. He gave up five goals, and I don't blame him really for even that one. No. I, I, I think he has been a, a big story for the Sharks, and he's going to have to be. Let's not forget Stanley Cup final game number five in Pittsburgh when he faced well over 40 shots. I think he had 45 or 46 shots in that game. I should remember it. But uh, he was the big reason why the Sharks forced a game six at home in the Stanley Cup final. And I expect him to be right there again, doing the same thing on the road in St. Louis on Tuesday. And he did it in the first series against Vegas in game number six and set up the overtime winner for Tomas Hurdle. And, you know, Martin Jones was spectacular in game number four. And that's the game that I look at maybe with a little bit of a haunting reality because the Sharks played well enough to win that game, but they also made the mistakes that did themselves in. And I don't know, do you have that kind of forlorn thought about Game 4 as the one that got away right now? They played well enough to win, but the problem is they shot themselves in the foot in the first period. They gave away two goals. That was the game. Yeah. Uh, and on the other side of the ice, you got to give Bennington credit. He was really good. He was really good again uh, in Game Number 5 here at SAP in the afternoon game, in the first period especially. But he had to make a couple of other great saves the rest of the way. Uh, but having said all that, the Sharks definitely didn't deserve to win Game Number 5. And you could say that maybe St. Louis deserved to win game number three and because of circumstances didn't. So that tends to even itself out. Yeah. I think the Sharks have to look at this as saying they've already won a game in St. Louis. They know they can win in the building and they know Martin Jones is going to be there uh, to bail them out if there's any other problems. But the big concern right now is what's the health status of some of these top players and how will the Sharks adjust to that? And those are things you have to go through in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Every team does. Yeah, every team does indeed. And the Sharks, again, going up against it now on the road in game number six. Before we do look ahead to game number six, and you can tell me that I'm crazy, I dislike the noontime start. I really wish the NHL had not um, scheduled it that way because I feel that that gives the West Coast team even more of a disadvantage on home ice because this. The biological clocks, these guys don't play a lot of noon games. Um, do you think that played a factor today? I mean, even the building, the energy wasn't there, in my opinion. And that's, and I'm not taking that out on any fans, you know, in general. I'm just saying, like, nobody's used to the 12 o'clock game. Well, we have them here. And uh, I don't think the NHL deliberately scheduled no. them. I think NBC would like to have that game at 12 o'clock. And so, obviously... Uh, That was done for national television purposes. But you know what? Uh, The Blues aren't an East Coast team. You know, they had to come out here, too. And both teams have to go through that. You just can't let those things uh, allow to marinate for an excuse. And that's Mm -hmm. what uh, the Sharks never do. So I look at it as both teams had to play on the same ice at the same time. And uh, I don't think it really favored one over the other. The 
haunting aspect of this, though, if you look back to the end of the regular season and you look back to the problems they had in the series with Las Vegas and what has been a problem in, in this series against St. Louis, some of these slow starts, though, like that's been a problem for the Sharks in particularly, and it reared its head again today. Does Pete DeBoer make that priority number one heading into game number six? Say, listen, guys, we cannot, like in game four, give up a goal 35 seconds in. Well, they gave up one 550 in this time, so That's it wasn't as bad five though. minutes. But the other part of it, and it was a fluky kind of a play on a bad turnover, uh, just a miscommunication between Eric Carlson and Brendan Dillon along the boards, and basically Sunquist wound up and let one rip as if they were playing on the same team, and he was one-timing a shot on the power play. But uh, so you know that's not Jones's fault. But look at the first period, Ted. They outshot him 11 to four. So that goes back to St. Louis's goaltending, Bennington again. He he really was yeah. good when he had to be, and there were there was a post there as I seem to recall. A couple. So <laughs> you know that that's the if that goes in, I really think it's a different game completely. It's yeah. I mean that's the thing is you. I think a lot of Sharks fans want to focus on the team zone efforts versus what the Blues are doing right. And like you said with Bennington, he's been phenomenal to watch. And especially in game four, we saw his stats knowing how he responded in these playoffs after a loss. And that's exactly what he did to the Sharks. And then tonight, once again, a masterful, a masterful performance. And I really think that does set the stage for a goalies matchup in game number six. Now that doesn't do any good things for our heart health, but I think that's what we're going to be staring at. I, I, I'm looking, Dan, now at a one nothing or 2-1 game in game number six. I feel it's I, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, it's going to be similar to the one that was played in St. Louis in game four, a 2-1 game. Uh, that's probably what you're going to get. This 5 uh, nothing thing was a bit of a, a blip in the time capsule. But and it shouldn't have been a five nothing game the way that it was played. The other thing is that the Sharks have to make sure that they avoid taking some bad penalties. They got to be very disciplined in game number six, mm -hmm. and they will be. Uh, they they basically got that out of their system. As, as Pete DeBoer said after the game, he said it wasn't their finest hour when they fi finally let uh, let the frustrations of this game creep into taking those penalties in the third. And then with the injuries, they had nobody left on the bench. So that was a difficult way to end the game, and they just got to put it behind them. And and they've done that. And as I as I've said so many times, and as Joe Pavelski said on our show uh, just before the game started. This team has been through so much together, and they, this is nothing new. So it's yeah. not as if that this is a first-time thing for them. I know people are making a bit of a deal out of the frustrations boiling over, Dan, but it doesn't bother me that much because if, if you're out there on the ice, you want to show that you still have that fire. I don't the, – the frustration doesn't bother me. I know that it's obviously a talking point coming out of this game, but – Good. Let the Blues know you're not dead. Let them know you're not just going to roll over, even if it you know means you get tossed or you you know you give up a, a bad penalty at times. I think you have to. If you're not able to exert yourself on the scoreboard, you have to remind the other team that you're not just going away. Well, that's called providing value. You have to make sure that you're you're doing whatever you can to help your team win. The one thing that I I don't particularly care for, and I don't think we saw that today, is that. Uh, is if you have guys do nothing in that department the whole game and then suddenly show up and take uh, 20 minutes in penalties at the end just so yeah. it looks like you did something. Well, that, that, that's, that's not productive, and that's not what happened. Um, but I, I think that there was just more frustration from especially Haley. Haley wanted to go after Petrangelo because of what he did to the Sharks' captain. Think mm -hmm. about what happened to Joe Pavelski. Uh, in the Vegas series in Game 7, and then he missed six games of the next series and came back and has been so heroic. I think once we realize and once we are told what really happened to him, yeah. we are going to marvel at his ability to come back at all. 
And so to me, that's what the Sharks were kind of responding to. Then, you know, you have to just pick your spot right. And Haley um, was in a situation where the linesmen were going to break it up and they weren't going to let anything like that happen. And then early in the third period, they give him, you know, 12 minutes in penalties. <laughs> so that means he's essentially gone for the rest of the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just some weird things happen in this game. There was one moment where... Uh, I think it was Kelly Sutherland, the referee. There was a broken stick on the ice. He picked it up, and then he dropped it in the zone. Yeah, we were talking uh, about th- that. That <laughs> usually doesn't happen. You don't usually see that happen. And I don't know, maybe there was a miscommunication or something, but then the puck comes down the ice, and then that stick is there as an obstruction. And usually they get that out of the way, or somebody does, and maybe there was just a miscommunication about it. But um, it's been quite a series, quite a playoff run, a lot of twists and turns, and I think we're going to have a few more before this is over, and I fully expect a Game 7 just by the way that the Sharks have responded to, to challenges like this. 100% I agree with you, Dan. And again, we've got Dan Rusinowski here on Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Do you feel like because of the fact that Pavelski wasn't there for six games of a seven-game series versus Colorado, and not to take anything with Colorado, away from Colorado, but maybe if Pavelski is healthy the entire way, it doesn't take seven series. When you add that on top of a seven-game war against Las Vegas, have you felt that you're seeing any fatigue from the Sharks? Because game four was the one moment in the entire Stanley Cup playoffs. It was when Pete DeBoer called the timeout late when they were on the power play. And that was the one time where I thought they looked like they were huffing and puffing. Otherwise, even with everything this team's been through, they've always been supremely conditioned. I saw it a little bit in game four, but I didn't see it tonight in game five. They didn't look tired to me. They didn't they didn't have the spark that you wanted. I'm not going to deny that, but they didn't look gassed to me. Uh-uh. Are you, is this something that you know we, you, anybody should be worried about? Because no, no one's fresh right now. Everybody's hurting. Everybody, uh, you know, gets mad because they have to go to practice or have to get up <laughs> and go to the meeting because they'd rather stay in bed for a little bit longer. But that, that you know, this team's used to that. They, mm-hmm. They've been through it together. They've been all the way to the Stanley Cup final, and I've said it all along. This team's a better team than the one that went to the final against Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, and I think that. Uh, they haven't made it easy for themselves, but they have responded to every challenge that's been thrown at them. They've got the biggest one yet coming now with the, uh, another elimination game coming up on Tuesday in St. Louis, but I think they can handle it. Again, we've got Dan Rusinowski here on Morning Tide, and it's just as a last one for you. What is the biggest challenge in game number six? Is it the hostile environment? Is it Bennington? Is it the potential of injuries? Is it all those things? We won't know the answer to that until they drop the puck for the faceoff for the simple reason. I've got uh, three names circled on my on my line chart here. Eric Carlson, Tomas Schertl, and Joe Pavelski. They all left with injuries in this game. So we don't know in the next 48 hours what their status is going to be. But one thing that's a good part of the noon start in game number five is they've got seven extra hours to recuperate before the next game. Mm-hmm. That could be a really key factor in getting all those guys back to health and ready to go on Tuesday. We just have to wait and see with that. But beyond that, then, you know, I'm getting to just a couple of names. You know, people like Melker Carlson, uh, who, who's done a really good job and had a couple close moments today. Joe Thornton, who's had some big games mm-hmm. in the series. And Logan Couture, that top line, they were a little quieter in Game 5 but you know Logan, he'll be there for, for when it really matters. And if Jones gives the goaltending there, I, I think we're going to be uh, facing a team, the Sharks that is on the ice, that's in decent shape, and somebody will rise to the occasion. So for me, the question it gets answered a little bit more when I look at Pavelski, Carlson, and Hurdle and see 
if all of them are playing and how they look when they're back out there. And it could come down to that extra six, seven hours of recoup time they've got right now. Ruzi, always a pleasure, my friend. I know that I'll be looking forward to syncing my TV broadcast with your radio broadcast, which, by the way, uh, Dan has tweeted out the instructions previously on how to do that. Are you doing it before every broadcast now? Pretty pretty close, unless I forget or unless the game gets started. <laughs> but the easy way to remember it is if you go to sjsharks.com slash radio, inside the description there's a little link there that says if you want a, uh, information as to how to do that, click here, and uh, and you'll get it. But just check my Twitter feed. You'll find it. All right, Ruzi. Well, I'm looking forward to game number six, and I fully expect to be saying hello to you before a game number seven back here at the tank. So let's just plan on doing that. All right, my friend? Look forward to it, Ted. Thanks. Again, that is Dan Ruzanowski, the radio play-by-play voice of the San Jose Sharks. Now let's get into some of that post-game sound, starting first with head coach of the Sharks, Pete DeBoer. I liked our first period. You know, I think, I think you know, a few things could have changed the game. I mean, uh, I thought we played well enough to come out of that first maybe up. I thought, you know, arguably a five-minute major on Tommy Hurdle, that if it's called, you know, that's a momentum-changing play right there. You know, but we come out of the first down one nothing, and then Hurdle can't go, and, uh, you know, Carlson can't go. And so we started taking on some water. I thought, you know, they took over in the second period, and then, you know, when Pav got hit high, we, we lost our composure there in the third, and not our finest moment, but... You know, I understand where that emotion's coming from and with what he's been through. And we've just got to regroup. We've got to go in and win a game. And again, this is when you lean on the Sharks' experience in these big-time games, in these big-time moments, something not lost on Brendan Dillon. Yeah, I think so. We've got enough guys in here that have, that have played, you know, do-or-die games. Uh, I feel like this year it's just, you know, we, we want to push it to a game seven. We, uh, we've had to do that in the past two rounds, and uh, we feel comfortable having to do that. You know, we're going to go into a tough building, but we, we feel confident going in there. Um, we're going to have to bring our best and ramp it up, and, and I think we'll be ready for that. And Dylan expounded upon how the Sharks can make that happen. I think we just got to get, get back to our game. You know, I think the, the biggest focus is on what we're doing out there and, you know, how we're, we're playing to our you know, to be successful, and I don't think we did that for enough tonight. And I think just the third cut, let the emotions get a little bit of the best of us and kind of play on the PK. You're not going to be able to score goals that way. But of course, a big part of that is solving the puzzle that is Bennington right now at Coach Pete DeBoer. I mean, he's, he's playing well, but we got to find a way to, to get through to him. So more traffic, whatever the answer is to that, we've got to look at it and, and find a way. And again, DeBoer will lean on the team's experience in these big games. You know, for sure, we've been here before. And I had to go in and win on the road in Vegas in order to, to get to a game seven. So, you know, I, I don't, I, you're never comfortable when your back's against a wall like that. But we have been here before and, and found a way. And, you know, I'm confident we can, we can do that again. But, of course, a big part of that is making sure they don't repeat the same mistakes they made in game number five. Here's what went so wrong, according to Logan Couture. Turned too many pucks over. We played in our end too, too much. Um, we had opportunities near the blue line when their D were pinching, and we didn't get it out. And the next thing you know, they're, they're uh, extending shifts over each other, and uh, our guys are tired. And, uh, you know, a few bounces. And the, one, the second one, I blocked it. goes off of Joe and right to, to their guy back door. But, uh, yeah, just too many, too many long shifts in our own end. And Couture also talked about what he did not like about the third period. Control our emotions in the third. It's a th- three-goal game. I thought we... Uh, Obviously took way too many penalties, and uh, you can't win or come back when you're in the box the whole the whole period. So got away from us at the end. Uh, would have really liked us to control our emotions and at least give ourselves a chance. 
Now back to the injury front. Of course, now there is a lot of speculation on what exactly is going on with Eric Carlson. I won't pretend to know, but one of the comments that was brought up to Pete DeBoer was that in hindsight, does he wish that he had rested Eric Carlson in game number five after seeing the way that he played? This is what DeBoer had to say about that. Well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, I, I think, you know, we make those decisions based on the reports we get from the player and the medical and you know, the, the report was that felt he could he could play and get through the game. So, you know, it's easy to sit here and say, no, yeah, yeah, sure you have regrets. And then one more time from Logan Couture on the Sharks, having been in this situation before and knowing how to handle it. We're, we're still alive and we've been in this spot before, going to Vegas, down 3-2 in a uh, in a very, very difficult building. Um, St. Louis is, is similar. It's a tough building against a good good team and a structured team. and. I mean, we scored one goal in the last two games. That's not gonna. That's not gonna cut it. Their goaltender's playing well, but uh, we're not doing enough around their net and, and getting enough, uh, creating enough opportunities, second chances. All right, that wraps it up for this morning's edition of Morning Tide. I look forward to speaking to you all now on Wednesday morning after game number six, when we are looking ahead to a game at number seven. Yeah, I'm calling it now. We all knew this was going seven from the start. Let's just pretend like we can start getting ready for Game 7 back in San Jose on Thursday like we had planned all along. All right, a big thanks to Dan Rusinowski for taking some busy time out of his schedule to talk with me. I'm Ted Ramey for the San Jose Sharks signing off. Thank you for listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. Music composed by Yogi Yend. New episodes appear each morning after Sharks playoff games on the Sharks Sharks Digital Digital Platforms. platforms. 